This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, you're out there on the East Coast, and I'm in California. Um, don't think people, some people know that we're bi-coastal, because uh, radio is so amazing, and the internet, that you can feel like you're right next to each other, right? Absolutely. I mean, you're in San Francisco in the studio, and I'm here in, in Midtown Manhattan in my office, and it is funny because people will say all the time, oh, my God, you see your mom weekly and you guys are in the studio together. That's so cool. And I say, actually, we're not in the studio together. It does. I love it nowadays because you don't have to be in the studio together anymore. All you have to have is a landline, be on your phone, and we're all good to go. And our guests also will be calling in and being on a phone, too, today. So it's great. I love it. Right. It is good. And now we're putting uh, pictures of the shows and putting them on YouTube so people can really get a feel of uh, who we're talking to and who they're listening to, which I think is will be a fun thing. Well, I just wanted to mention again our new uh, television series with uh, Palo Alto Public Access. You know, public access is amazing because... Um, it's hard to get this topic of grief and loss and recovery out there, the transformational power of grief and the things that people go on to do, but also the journey uh, is difficult. And to get some time to talk about this is difficult, isn't it, Heidi? It is difficult. It's interesting. So we're, we're all talking about this topic all the time. And the, the reality is a lot of times in the media, people want the stories that are out in the media are how people died. But you don't hear the stories of how people have gone on to transform their lives after significant losses and to find hope again. And that's what we're here to do is to give, you know, that voice and put that voice out there in the media. And I love that we now have a forum for doing that in public access. And I also love that we're putting these shows on YouTube because the reality is that YouTube is going to be the number one search engine in 2013. People are going to YouTube. They're going to visuals you know, like public access and YouTube to get information. So I love that we are keeping up with the times here, Gloria. It's a beautiful thing. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And uh, make sure you check in with our brand new book website because it is amazing. And it's the authors from Open to Hope. We have over 400 people writing for the site on grief, loss, hope, and recovery. And we've got their great books on there. So it's really special. And we're a place with a real heart, a heart for helping you deal with your loss. And we hope that you'll tell everybody about the site and uh, let people come and join us and that you'll participate in our forums. If you're a writer, think about coming and writing for us. Well, Heidi, I think the show is really going to be great today because we have a great guest, Christine Jonas Simpson, and she is an associate professor in the School of Nursing at York University in Toronto. I love it that we get people all the way from Canada, don't you, Heidi? Yes, we get people from all over the world. It's, it's fabulous. And then uh, after the loss of her own child, Christine, her own baby boy in 2001, she began to focus her arts-based research on human beings and how they live and transform with loss. And she's currently working on a documentary series and is the author of a children's book called Ethan's Butterflies. Well, welcome to the show, Christine. Thank you so much. Hi, Heidi. So great to have you on. We've met at several places. Heidi met Christine downtown in New York City, right, Heidi? 
We did. We were at a, we were at a, like a grief uh, conference together. We keep running into each other, so I say no coincidences. I mean, at various events, there's Christine again. I'm like, wait a minute, how have we met? So I'm really glad to have her on the show. We also, you know, Mom, we also met her in the elevator of all places at, at ADAC, which ADAC. is the Association for Deaf Educators and Counselors. Yeah. And she has sent this beautiful book on Ethan's Butterflies, and we'll be talking about that a little bit. But, uh, Christine, tell us about your loss, and then I want to get on to talking about your research and all the things you're doing. But tell our audience about your loss. Yes, uh, it's, it was in 2001, and I was pregnant with my third son. And it was I was 37 and a half weeks pregnant when I was concerned that I wasn't feeling him Ethan, we already named him, moved very much. And because I already had my sons who were three and a half at 22 months, I was often running after them and not always, you know, stopping to just be aware of what was happening. But it, it was very clear that I was very concerned that I wasn't feeling any movement. And I went to the doctor's office and they told me, well, he's just big and that he's, um, not, doesn't have as much room to move around. And so then I, my husband went up north, and he and my mom, and they were getting our uh, cottage that we were building ready for a new baby, and um, I was still very concerned that I wasn't feeling any movement, and called a friend to help me with the little boys, and we went to the hospital, and, and it turned out that, uh, in fact, my baby had died, and um, so I had to be induced, and when I was induced, I was mm. in labor for 16 hours, Wow! knowing wow. my little guy had died, and it was quite a surreal experience because it was so hard to even believe it was true, and and yet they were wonderful. My doctors and nurses were phenomenal. They cried with me. They were with me. They comforted me. They, I was able to see the ultrasound to see that his heart had stopped, which was really difficult, but um, I thought helpful in, in some ways to really understand that my little one had, had died, and of course, my mom and my husband drove down, um, and my children had to go off with a friend who they didn't really know, and that was very difficult, but um, they knew my friend, but she stayed with me. They didn't know her husband who'd come to, to, to be with them, and my sister came down, and she was with me, and my husband was as well the whole time. I mean, they even crawled in, my sister crawled into bed with me, and, you know, just, it was uh. very, it was wonderful in, a, in a, uh. how they embraced us. And uh, he was uh, he was born at 5:35 on July 15th, and he was almost six pounds, and he had red curly hair, uh, long fingers and long feet like his brothers, and uh, uh, so uh, that had a huge, of course, impact on. on now you're a nurse, right? I'm a nurse, and I was very actually I was so concerned also with. The nurses, my nurses and my healthcare providers, certainly the nurses were there the most, but my physician came in on this day off to see how I was doing, and they were all so wonderful that that then led me to further uh, my exploration on nurses' grief as well, which uh, has become a documentary, which we will be talking about. Wow. Yeah. Um, That must have been really profound, uh, because you could be with... Those, the, with the staff in a different way, uh, understanding the nursing profession and being able to be with them and kind of joining with them. It must have been yeah. quite an experience it really, for everyone concerned. It was. It was really, um, it was It was very difficult, but it was the best uh, 
they made it the best it could be within a difficult situation. And in those moments, there's such profound sense of connection with mm-hmm. peace and um, as, as much as difficult as it was, I sensed the presence of my son and, and strangely enough, I, could, I felt him in a little older, actually running around the room with um, jean shorts on him, a little white shirt with his red curly locks and with a kite. It was uh, very comforting and uh, and yet seemingly strange, you know, because, of course, this had never happened to me before. But I felt his presence so strongly. It was very difficult to see. It was the first time I ever saw my father cry. And, uh, you know, it's very hard on the grandparents, too. And, of course, my own children, who were only 22 months and three and a half years old, and um, but and being very frightened also for myself, or for them, as to how they would be with it. But they were actually with it probably easier than, you know, we can be sometimes as adults. So how is that um, after um, for someone, you know, the, the time that people say that it tends to be most difficult after the delivery is mourning the, that child that nobody knew out in that community, and you certainly knew that child. Yes, and um, that's why sometimes it can be so difficult because, you know, as Kendoka talks about the disenfranchised grief, you know, where sometimes when there's losses that aren't always acknowledged that you feel that your grief is disenfranchised. I was very, very fortunate. We had many, many people acknowledge, and we continue to have many people acknowledge Ethan's life, or Ethan, in our lives, who he is very much a part of our even day-to-day life. And so we had a funeral for him, and I work volunteer for Brief Families of Ontario, Toronto, and many parents ask me, how do you continue to honor your child? year after year after year, because it's 11 years now. And right now, I, I lit a candle as we're speaking here. Uh, the children's book, all of my work, the, do- the research documentaries, all really honor his life and are his living legacy, because he opened me up to this world, which I believe he's helping me live really my own mission to help others, or my reason for being maybe is connected also with his life. And so we're very, very fortunate to have so many people acknowledge. I have a family ring with uh, his stone and my other two sons' stone. And then, so we find different ways to keep him very present in our lives. I love this, Christine, and I love that people acknowledge you in the community because so often I hear, I don't hear that. And I hear that it's, it's minimized or people say things like, well, at least you already have two small boys. Exactly. And at least you know you can get pregnant, and at least you this, and at least you're young, and at least that, this, and the other. And it's almost like they want to pretend it never happened, or like my mom said, that this wasn't a child that was born to you. I mean, it's so refreshing to hear that you had support and that people acknowledge you. And I'm wondering if you did anything to facilitate that, because we're always saying that we have to teach people to be good grief support. Do you think, as a nurse and someone that was in this field already, do you think you did anything, or do you think you just had a community that maybe was close and supportive? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I remember being at a session once, because it's not that I didn't have people say those things to me at times, or I heard of them, like 
mm-hmm. you know, a friend saying that her, she heard someone say, you know, well, you know, how can she be so upset? She didn't even know the baby, you know, the baby didn't live. And, you know, so those, and many, many parents talk about those comments. And they're in the one film that I did with the mothers called Enduring Love, Transforming Loss. And they talk about that because you'll have some connections that, get stronger and others that will break because I think there's a lot of fear that people have what do I say I don't want to make it worse so I'd rather avoid the person so and that's similar to with other grief and loss you know with other losses that we have with people that we've known for a long time that can even happen in longer you know relationships but I find that I was at a session once and and the person said tell people what you need as a griever and I found that mm-hmm. helpful. So I put it out there. I said, July 15th is coming up. And I've just sent out an email to a few people. Please think of us. You know, because not everyone can't remember, you know, year after year. So, yeah. And that's just been a little something that seems to then ripple on. And then all of a sudden we'll get a bouquet of flowers from someone I didn't even send the email to. It's almost putting it out there and helping other people know how to help you. Because sometimes, as certainly early on, I didn't even know I was one minute to the next, I was changing what would be helpful. You know, so it was very hard for people to support all the time when they didn't know what to do. So uh, with this video, I'm, I'm sitting out here thinking, here I am, uh, I've had a miscarriage or I've lost a um, full-term baby or whatever. Um, how do I get a hold of this video and get this information you're talking about? Yes, it's, if you go, the university who's actually funded my first, they gave me a tiny grant to start this type of work with, um, you know, using documentary film as a medium for my research. And if you go on the website at the university called uh, the Health Healing, no, sorry, Health Leadership and Learning Network, and it's HLLN backslash perinatal loss, and it will sorry, H-L-L-N. You know what? I think we're going to have to put something on our site about this because it's the, you have to, first of all, go to the School of Nursing at York University in Toronto, right? No, actually, it's a direct Oh, you don't? Yeah. Oh, it's a separate link. Okay, give us that again then. You don't need to do the WW, just the... Uh, yeah, there uh, actually is no WW. It's, oh, it's okay. Straight, it's just H-L-L-N dot C-A backslash perinatal loss with two L's, like all one word, P-E-R-I-N-A-T-A-L-L-O-S-S. And on there you will see the link to the, I actually have three documentaries here. The mother's documentary, when we were, when I was um, engaged in interviews with them on film, they spoke so much about their own children and bearing witness to their children's grief that I pulled some of that into another film called Why Did Baby Die? And again, that's to try and help parents with children and also to acknowledge how children can help us. Okay, you know what? I'm thinking with the YouTube, they can go to our radio show and look at the YouTube, and we're going to have those URLs on the YouTube so that people can click into that. So, um, yeah, we'll make sure we get those from you. You have done so much, it's it's hard to even cover it all. I want to make sure that we talk a little bit about your book, Ethan's Butterflies, Mm -hmm. uh, a spiritual book for young children and parents after the loss of a baby. It's a beautiful book. And and, uh, how will people get a hold of this, Christine? It's, there's a link also on that site as well, and it's published through Trafford Publishing, and uh, there's a direct link on this HLLN site. 
All right, that's great. Now, talk a little bit quickly about nurses grieving. You've actually done something for nurses on that too, right? Yes. Uh, the Nurses Grieve 2 is a documentary film based on nurses' grief, and we interviewed nurses about their experiences of grieving when caring for families who've experienced perinatal loss and bereavement. We've had over 6,300 views of the documentary, and I've been asked several times to present it various places, uh, and it's just had a, a huge impact. And recently, a, uh, a website put out the uh, information about my documentaries, and, and apparently there were 290,000 hits. And, and I think it's related to the fact that there's the link with nurses' grief. And so... When nurses see the, the film, do you want me to read a couple quotes that they've told us? Sure. Yeah. Uh, they felt a relief. They felt relieved that the emotions, this is what one person said, relieved that the emotions I felt are shared by other colleagues in similar situations to know it's all right to grieve and share in the family's losses. Another person said that, that I finally don't feel alone. I feel good about myself, and it validated all my feelings, and it's okay to feel sad. And another person said, I feel supported. I feel the same way they did. I wanted to tell them they were not alone. I felt very proud to do what I do. So there's, again, nurses' grief can be disenfranchised often and, and hidden and maybe not acknowledged, but it certainly is something that I witnessed as I was laying there in the bed, and I have experienced myself as a nurse in practice with my own patients. So it's something I felt compelled to work on, and I contacted my colleagues, Beryl Pilkington, Cindy McDonald, and Eileen McMahon to come together with me to create this piece. All right, great. Well, we'll make sure we get that uh, URL from you, too, and and have that all set up so people can take a, a listen to that. You know, as a nurse myself and having worked on an intensive care unit and a and a whole, you know, the whole uh, surgical service. Uh, you know, the, for nurses, uh, we are so much on the line right now, and it is uh, one loss after another after another. I mean, when someone dies, particularly in the ICU, you're on to the next, and it is, uh, you know, it is uh, quite an experience, and, and I give credit to all those wonderful nurses out there who are doing all that great work and uh, what they're going through. So listen, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. I mean, we could just go on and on with you. You are so talented, and you are doing so much, isn't she, Heidi? Absolutely, and I love how she's done so many things as the as a result of her own adversity and loss. Yeah, I, I, I do. Yeah. yeah, Christine, when you say that Ethan gave you an opening, I, I love that, I, it, an opening, you know. So many people see it as a closing, and it is yeah. an opening. It's a fabulous thing. Thank you so much for everything you're doing. Thank you. Thanks, Christine. Thanks, Heidi. I hope to see you again soon at ADAC or wherever. Okay. Well, Heidi, great show. Huh? Christine is amazing. I mean, we can't even be able to touch uh, all the things that she's doing now. Absolutely, and I love that the doctors and the nurses really supported her and embraced her during this time where she was giving birth to a child that had died because sometimes you don't hear those stories. This is such a positive story of everybody coming together to grieve the loss of Ethan in a positive way. 
And I want to say to you all out there, get Ethan's Butterfly book. I mean, we didn't even touch as much as we could have, but it's darling. It's got a pink elephant on the front with a a little butterfly on the nose, and it's just a a sweet story of dealing with loss and recovery for families and the the loss of a baby. Uh, We hope you'll visit us on uh, our YouTube site on opentohope.com. Visit us on Facebook, put your events on our calendar, and become part of our Open to Hope community. And thanks for listening. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.